You're listening to a message from Mercy Culture Church, home of Pastor Landon and Heather Schott in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information about Mercy Culture and ways that you can be a part of it, visit mercyculture.com. If you want my notes, you can text notes to whatever number that comes on the screen and it'll be sent to you. Acts chapter 19, verse 11. I love preaching to pastors uh, because I don't, have to, I, don't, I don't have to worry about the audience and making sure everybody understands. Like, you get it, you understand it, so let's cannonball into the deep end together, amen? Acts chapter 19, it says this, and God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So even handkerchiefs of aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and evil spirits came out of them. Then some itinerant Jewish exorcists, those were the evangelists, undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Verse 14, seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I recognize, but who are you? I mean, no, that's the last thing you want a demon telling you. And the man whom the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, overpowered them, and they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This became verse 17, known of all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, in the fear of the Lord fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. I came to tell you today that building a church with just influence is building a church in the flesh. But building a church with authority is building a church in the spirit. The title of this message this evening is Influence Verse Authority. Let's pray. So Lord, I declare right now your word is true. I declare, let every man be a liar. We declare your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Father, I declare right now for your word to go forward and accomplish all that it's set out to do. I pray right now that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, minds to understand what your spirit is saying. Holy Spirit, we declare we don't make room for you, but we give you the entire room. We give you all of our churches. We say we want what you want, so show us what you want. I pray right now, no spirit, but the Holy Spirit is welcome in this place. I pray fear, you have to go. I pray comparison, you have to go. I pray insecurities, you have to go. I declare right now, Holy Spirit, come rule and reign. Father, I thank you, nobody came to hear me. We all came to hear you. So we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Uh, Mercy Culture is gonna turn five years old in April. And It is wild what has happened in the last five years. I just told you before, I grew up as a pastor's kid and and I got a PhD in church dysfunction and I didn't want anything to do with church. But, but, but the Lord spoke to me to plant this church, and, and, and I put it off as long as I could. I ignored it as long as I could, but I got this thing. If I don't obey God, I am miserable. And so, and so finally I, I, I did a 40 day fast and, and, and I said yes to the Lord. I said yes that I would do it. And then we did it and, and, and I said this, I said, I, I don't want to do it, Lord, unless you come. I can care less who comes, but you got to come because if you don't come, I'm out. I'm not doing this unless you show up. So the prayer came, Lord, well, what do you want? Show me what you want. What pleases you? What will you abide in? And I began to pray this. And then all of a sudden it exploded. And I mean exploded. On day one, 800 people came to our church launch. We started in high school. Uh, Two months later, I'm praying in this room right here. It didn't look like this. It was all red at the time. And I heard the Lord say, he's given me this place. Uh, 90 days later, we own this place. So we are an eight-month-old church plant that buys a $40 million property, 190,000 square feet on 17 and a half acres on freeway frontage one mile from Fort Worth downtown. That is insane. You can't make that happen. If you came here to get the cliff notes, you will be disappointed. 
You cannot make God speak to Pastor Charlie on your behalf and have him connect you and get these miracle buildings and situations. Look, these are the things you can't make happen. So I can tell you how I think. I can tell you how I pray. I can tell you the things that we've done. But these are the sovereign miracles of God. But watch, a lot of us, God gives us stuff, but we don't steward what he gives us. So I told the Lord, I said, if you give me a big building, I promise you I won't stay in it. See, a lot of people, the reason why your church hasn't grown is your goal is to get people to come. Oh, that's the worst goal. That's such a bad goal. And you spend all your time trying to think about how to get people to come. Watch, if you just be obsessed with God coming, Guess what? He draws everyone to himself. When he's there, people want to be there. I love people. They're like, how do you just integrate your church? Is it you got to get a quota? You get a, a black pastor, a brown pastor. You get whatever Pastor Steve is. No one knows. I've been friends with him 15 years. We go to Israel. They think he's Israeli. We go to Africa. They're like, my brother. We go to India. They're like, oh my goodness. Everywhere we go, no one knows what he is. Well, what's your diversity plan? The presence of God? He's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He shows up all the time. Watch, he draws white people, black people, brown people, Hispanic people, glory adios. They just want to be in the presence. Okay, so I'm not going to say this bragging, but I do want to brag on the Lord. Because you can't make this happen. You know. Some of you are like, that punk's been in ministry for four and a half years? Well, pastoring, yes. Okay, I've been doing job, your job, yes, for four and a half years. And it's awesome. Aren't you having fun? I'm having fun. In four and a half years, we've launched five campuses in four and a half years. In four and a half years, we've brought 11,000 people through daily encounter discipleship. In four and a half years, I got to be careful how I say this because they, 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 they love to put this in magazines and articles. We have impacted 48 elections. You like that, Nate? What do you mean by impacted? Ask Nate. State Representative Nate Schatzlein. In four and a half years, we have fed over a million families in Fort Worth. I'm not even going to tell you the number of meals because I can't, I, it's too big to be real. I watched an Amazon commercial and they're like, we did a million meals in this community. I'm like, a million, like we do that in a month? Amazon, that's the best you did? Okay, guys, what God has done you cannot make happen. Please don't come here and try to get the blueprints, quick cheat, the cliff notes to mercy culture success. But I could tell you something I did that God bless is I never tried to go after influence. I went after, I obsessed about authority. And I believe that there has been a confusion about the differences between influence and authority. And I will tell you one of the secrets of Mercy Culture Church is we found authority in the Spirit. And authority in the Spirit has transmitted or, or has become authority in the city. It's become authority in our state. It's becoming authority in the region because we found it. But I want to caution you because I've been in full-time ministry now for 20 years. I've been doing this a while now. And I, as an evangelist and, 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 and coming up through the ranks, I've watched so many people. I've watched so many pastors. And unfortunately, it's a train wreck. I've watched so many church planters try to plant a church or lead a ministry without authority. 
And so they actually put all these plans together and systems together and structures together. And if we do all of these things and we got our teams here and our groups here and this there and that there and all of these ministries and all these systems and all these structures and all these strategies, we got the sickest logos and we got the coolest reels. And we have, everyone who goes to our church is 20 years old or younger, so we look the best. And they got the coolest tattoos. And we have all of these different things. We have strategy. We have some of the most influential people. And they think that they can topple demonic forces with their 20-year-old influencers. I want to caution you. Maybe you're about to go plant a church. Make sure you have a spiritual authority. Maybe you're pastoring a church and you may not have spiritual authority in your city. I'm telling you, you could start new programs. You could start new things. You could do everything. Mercy's Culture, Gateway, Highlands, every church you want combined. And I promise you, you will not see a fraction of the impact you're looking for unless you learn how to find spiritual authority. Are we trying to build our churches with influence of the flesh or spiritual authority? Let's talk about influence. Let me just give you a disclaimer. Not all influence is bad. There's some good influence. There's fleshly influence. There's political influence we see in scripture. But I will say this, that there's no scripture that I have found where Jesus directly teaches on influence which is wild because how much we obsess about it. What is influence? Influence could be used for both good and evil, and influence becomes uh, considered worthy of high esteem or a sway. Influence means to sway people. It's the capacity of causing an effect, either indirect or intangible ways. The act of power or producing an effect without an apparent exertion of force or direct exercise or command. Where influence causes individuals to be slightly swayed in a direction. And I want to expose tonight the influence of the flesh see building a church with just influence say someone say just influence is building a church in the flesh psalms 127 1 says unless the lord builds the house those who build it labor in vain or in vanity that word vanity in the hebrew is shavi it means an emptiness or god is not in it this is wild because you can have a very influential church that potentially God's not in. You can have influence with people and that doesn't mean that God is at the center of what you're doing. See, this is very similar to a message I just preached on strange fire where you can have a feeling, you can have a look, you can have an expression of worship, but it's not true worship, it's a strange fire. It's a fire that you talk about God, but God is not in the worship that you are declaring he's in. And it's the same thing with influence is you can have a vanity in your ministry that you think because things are going good for you or those momentum that God's in it, but he's really not in it. There's a great difference between influence and authority. What is authority? In authority, we get the word exosia, which means a conferred power or a delegated empowerment. It's an authorization or it's a design jurisdiction, a designated jurisdiction. See, Authority is when you walk in the authority of someone else and he gives you that jurisdiction. He gives you that delegated power. Someone say power. Now, most of us think of Romans chapter 13 when we think of authority. It was really used a lot over the last few years with COVID. And we love to quote, just do whatever the government tells you to do. I would encourage you to reconsider or maybe re-exegete that text. Romans 13 does say, let every person be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except for God. 
and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists authorities resists what God has appointed. But those who resist occurring judgment, verse 3, for the rulers are not to a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Romans 13 tells us the authorities set up by God are, are not to terrorize. And it's amazing because when COVID hit and the government that, that tells you that there's infinity genders and that men can get pregnant also told you to shut down your church. The same government. And it, it, but it was wild because strip clubs could be open. Walmart could be open and abortion clinics could be open, but it was really dangerous. It made the top 10 list of the most dangerous places were church. And so through a spirit of fear that some people cause wisdom, it caused people to bow under that pressure and respond. And a cop out was Romans 13 of just being under authority. But it's amazing, but we don't say that about China when they're oppressing their people and they're sneaking in Bibles. You call them bold leaders in the Christian faith. I think it's, it's important that all of us do a reevaluation of 2020 and 2021 as we're going into the future because how many know round two is coming? And no matter how you went through that season or the decisions that you made, all of us, I'm, I, I, I'm leading in this, need to reevaluate how did we respond? Why did we respond? Why did we do the things that we did? Because I promise you we're gonna have another chance. Beyond Romans 13, there's over 600 scriptures that speak to authority, rule, and reign. God's authority is unlimited. Luke chapter 1, verse 33 says, And he will reign, or his authority will be on the house of Jacob, and his kingdom there will be no end. The foundation of his authority is righteousness and justice. Psalms 89, 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Your steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. How many know that his authority is the highest authority? Colossians 2, chapter 10, in Christ you have been brought to the fullness. He is head over every power and every authority. Church, his blood is the highest authority. Ephesians 1.20 says that the work of Christ who raised from the dead is seated him at the right hand of heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, in the age to come. Someone say highest authority. I want to give you some practical advice. Take communion more often. Take it personally. Take it as, a, as, as a, a team. Take it as a staff. Take it corporately more often. Don't let this become religion or just tradition. But, but really, really engage with the, the power of communion. At Mercy Culture, one of the things that we do is every time we take communion, we lift it above our head. And the Bible doesn't tell us to do that. What we do is it, it, we say it's a sign that it's the highest authority. And just like the children of Israel put the blood over the covering of the doorpost, we're saying, Lord, we're coming under the authority of your blood. I felt compelled to encourage you to take communion more and declare that you're under his authority. We have a Dallas campus that we just started. They're having service tonight. They have one more service until they go to Sunday mornings. And, and uh, Pastor Mark is here of Antioch Church, and he's letting us use his building downtown uh, uh, Dallas on Sunday mornings. Thank you, Pastor Mark. You're a blessing. And we were, we were doing a, a, a solemn assembly, and we're doing a prayer night at Antioch's church. And, and when we started the campus in Dallas, Pastor, uh, uh, Pastor Clay came to me and he said, hey, uh, I know we take communion as a church every first Sunday, but I really feel like at the Dallas campus, we're supposed to take it every service. He's like, are you okay with that? I'm like, of course I'm okay with that. As campuses, we're always looking to be in unity in as many areas as we can. But if a lead pastor feels God telling him to do something, we just do what God told you to do. And so they take communion every week. And, and, and uh, Pastor Tom Lane is here. Uh, uh, Pastor Tom Lane's one of my spiritual fathers. He's one of the apostolic elders of our church. Come on, let's give him honor. Love you. He's going to be ministering tomorrow, I believe, on executive leadership. Just started a new ministry. We're going to introduce you to it. So Pastor Tom, for over two decades, served as the executive pastor and an elder at Gateway Church. And for a season of time, he served as the gateway pastor of their gateway campus. 
And Pastor Tom, when we were coming into to Dallas, he told me, he said, hey, uh, have you asked the Lord about what the principalities or, or the, the strongholds of Dallas are? And I said, yeah, I've begun to. And, in, and I believe he used the word murder when he was talking about a stronghold in Dallas. And, and the word that I got was this, this death, the spirit of death. And so Pastor Tom and I had numerous conversations about the spiritual warfare and the principalities over Dallas. And then uh, Pastor Clay asked to do communion. And then I'm at Antioch Church and uh, our worship leader is leading worship and he's just singing, there's life in the blood, there's life in the blood, there's life in the blood. And it was a mercy culture style. So it was like 30 minutes of just singing that. And as he was singing that, Our songs don't make it to radio. <laughs> They're more like gym songs, <laughs> working it out. Okay. As he's singing Life in the Blood, I realized that the Antioch building is about a block and a half where JFK was assassinated. And it's about a block and a half away from where Roe v. Way was passed. And have you ever seen those, the, uh, grab it a jar, when you begin to twist that jar, it begins, the air begins to come and it begins to slowly pop. As Trey was singing, all of a sudden I felt this, this, this spiritual jar, it's the best way I could explain it. I felt a lid over the campus begin to pop. I felt it begin to lift, watch. I saw Kim engaging in spiritual warfare. Then I realized this is why God told Pastor Clay to take communion every week, watch. Because they gotta unseat that principality, that strong man, that authority that's over watch and it's going to come by declaring life it's going to come by the power of the blood it's going to come through a different kind of spiritual warfare someone shot authority God will give you specific strategies on how to get spiritual authority in your cities authority reveals your relationship with God Matthew 7, 28, it says, when Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed and teaching because his teaching was, one, was, excuse me, for he was teaching them of one having authority, not as their own scribes. Doesn't speak too highly of their scribes. Matthew 9, 6, it says, but you may know the Son of God has authority on earth to forgive sins. Do you know why this is why so many people struggle to forgive? Because they try to forgive sins when the Bible says that only Jesus forgives sins. We don't forgive sins. We forgive people. Jesus forgives sins. Verse 7, it says this. And he got up and went home. But when the crowd saw this, they were awestruck and glorified God. Who has given him such authority to men? And church, it's so important you understand, pastors and leaders, that authority is very, very spiritual. Authority is when your influence becomes spiritual. Matthew 28, we all know it's the Great Commission where God, Jesus, gave us authority. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Therefore, now go out and make disciples. All authority has been given to Jesus. And then Jesus says, I'm going to give you authority. A spiritual authority is receiving the power of God and knowing how to use it. I'm trying to create an awareness tonight that there's a difference between you leading an influential church and you leading a church that has spiritual authority. I want to answer some important questions about spiritual authority. The first one is this. Why is it so important? The best way I can describe it is it's a game changer. It's an it factor. It moves spirits. It unseats principalities and strongholds. It allows you to win in spiritual warfare. How many do not like losing in spiritual warfare? How many do not like being the enemy's punching bag? We're going through a situation with our Waco campus, and it's not about construction. It's about spiritual warfare. The witches are putting dead pigs and doing seances on our properties. The uh, electrician was trying to keep power from going to our building. Why? Because there's principalities and powers in the air. I am so convinced if we are building a coffee shop, it would have been done a year and a half ago, but we are fighting to take authority in the spirit in a ground. Watch, there's resistance against it. Alex, there's going to be resistance of what God wants to do. And watch, the greater the call, the greater the mission, the greater the resistance is going to be. 
Watch, and you can decide that you're going to continue trying to combat it with influence and wear your name tag about how hard ministry is. Or you can go find the authority it takes to lead in your city. And I promise you, God wants to give it to you more than you want it. Say, why is ministry so hard? Because you're trying to do it in the flesh. And doing any ministry in the flesh is torture. That's why I didn't want to do it for so long. It's why some of you don't want to do it anymore. Good, quit. No, no, tonight, quit. Resign from doing ministry in the flesh. No, resign from trying to make it happen. Resign to try to be stronger. Oh, I just need to have more resilience. I just, I just, need, to, I just need more, more, more consistency. No, 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 no just, just resign from all that. I don't wish that upon anybody. Just sign up and doing it in the spirit. Sign up doing it different. It is a game changer to not only your church, but your entire city. Spiritual authority shifts things in the heavens. Spiritual authority pushes back demonic forces. Matthew 18, 18, truly I say, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Listen, influence does not affect spiritual warfare. I'm going to say that again. Your social influence does not affect spiritual warfare. Spiritual authority does. Why is it so important? Because spiritual authority positions you as a spiritual father and mother in your church, in your city, and in your region. I'll be honest with you. I do not consider myself a pastor. And I know in the church world, we call everybody with a five-fold ministry gift pastor, and that's what's common, so I go with it. But I do not consider myself a pastor. I look at myself as a spiritual father. That's my job. That's my role. That's what I'm going to do. So it's my job to make sure everybody's being pastored. It's my job to make sure that everything happens that needs to happen. But watch, my job and my role are doing two different things. And if you find spiritual, if you find spiritual authority in your city, I promise you God will raise you up as a spiritual father and mother in your city. I told you I didn't want to pastor, but I was wrestling with it. So I did my first 40-day fast in 2017. On the third day of the fast, I drove to Fort Worth to pray for the first time. I went downtown, and I walked every block of downtown Fort Worth praying in the Holy Ghost. And I got to the last block of downtown, and I said to this to the Lord, I said, would you make me a spiritual father in this city? And I heard the Holy Spirit audibly speak to me and said, you can't ask that yet. I said, then what do I ask? He said, ask me for authority. So I changed my prayer, and every day for the next year and a half, I begin to ask the Lord every day, give me spiritual authority in this city. Give me spiritual authority in this city. And let me just tell you for a second, there's a lot of times I don't know what I'm praying and I don't know what I'm doing. I call it petitioning heaven. No, 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 no. Trust me, you're not the only one that doesn't have the answers. Okay, no one has all of the answers. And if they pretend they do, watch out. It's a scary place to be. But here's what I know is I serve the one that does have all the answers. And if I keep asking him, he's going to speak to me. So every day, watch, he told me, I'm like a dog on a bone when God speaks to me. He told me to ask for authority. Every day, it's asking him for authority, asking him for authority, asking him for authority. One day, I'm driving in my car on the freeway, past downtown. And as soon as I go to ask him for authority, he whispers. How many love his voice? And here's what he says. He said, spiritual fathers are the ones with authority. The Holy Spirit just karate kid me. Mr. Miyagi, wax on, wax off. I thought I was just asking for authority the whole time. And all of a sudden, he was teaching me spiritual kung fu. I had no idea what he was doing. Watch, he was telling me what it takes to be a spiritual father. Uh, it's not the ones that argue with the other pastors in the city. It's not the insecure ones that compare themselves. It's not the insecure ones that always get upset when someone leaves your church and goes down the street. It's not the ones that have turf wars like the mafia in your church. Watch, it's the Father. The Lord said, you got to care as much about their church as you do yours. The spiritual fathers and mothers in the city are the ones with spiritual authority. Number two, how do you get spiritual authority? I'm so glad you asked. Matthew 10, 1, it says, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples. Look at this. 
and he gave them all authority. Someone say all authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every kind of disease in every kind of sickness. Friends, you receive spiritual authority through spiritual impartation. I'll say this again. You receive spiritual authority through spiritual impartation. So I told you I came to Fort Worth. I prayed downtown. I asked the Lord to make me a spiritual father. He told me to ask for authority. I pulled out of the parking lot. As I'm pulling out of the parking lot of downtown, I get a call from my friend Russell Johnson in Washington. And Russell said, hey, I just had a dream. And in my dream, you're standing on a map of Fort Worth, Texas. Does that mean anything to you? I said, no way, Russ. I said, the Lord spoke to me. I'm in Fort Worth, but you got to pray because Heather's in rebellion and she wants to stay in Austin. She hears way slower than me. Would you pray for her? I pull out of the city and I take the first exit out of downtown. I see this giant red dome. I pull into this parking lot. As I pull in the parking lot, I drive to that ramp. As I drive down the ramp, I hear the Holy Spirit say, I'm gonna give you this place. Now it's getting weird. And when he says those things, you're like, yeah, right. I've talk- told myself that. Then he says, I want you to get Bob Nichols' blessing. He's a spiritual father in the city. And I want you to get Robert Morris's blessing. He's a spiritual father in the region. So watch. I'm not building my, my, my membership. I'm not building my strategy team. I'm not, I'm not creating what's the best, most strategic, coolest launch. Watch. I'm after authority. And what did he tell me to do? He said, go get a blessing of a father in the city and go get a blessing of a father of the region. So I, I know one person at Gateway, his name was Josh Briscoe. He pastors the Grand Prairie campus. I said, I said Josh, uh, the Lord told me to get Pastor Robert's blessing. He's like, I can't open that door for you but I'll point you in the right direction. I, I got on the phone with a guy named Mike Brisky who serves Pastor Robert. I, I, I told him what the Lord told me. He, I said, I, said I, I need Pastor Robert to bless me. He goes, well, he's not gonna do that. But you can come to our pastor school. I was like, whatever door, you give me a crack, I'm going through it. So I ended up at pastor school and I hear this guy named Pastor Tom Lane speak. I'm like, oh my goodness, mind blown. This is why our church was so dysfunctional because we didn't have a foundation of a healthy church government. He begins to teach on a healthy church, biblical government. I'm like, that's it, I'm in forever. That's what I want. I want singular headship, plural leadership. I want accountability. I don't want a psycho, crazy, narcissistic church. I don't want that. I want that. I sent Pastor Tom an email. I said, I will meet you anytime, anywhere, just say when. Can I meet with you? I need 30 minutes. He said, you can meet me at McDonald's at 7 a.m. on this day. I drove from Austin, got up at three in the morning, drove to Austin, met him at McDonald's. I said, hey, I got, I got 18 questions I wrote out for you. And before I ask you a question, um, is there anything you wanna ask me? He goes, yeah, who's sending you to start your church? Now, at the time, I didn't realize what he was saying when he said, who is sending you? And, and, and that word sent is, is the language that, that, that they, they've coined. It's a biblical language. But really what he was saying is, whose authority are you under? And I said, you know what? I got some friends. Uh-oh, some of you planted churches with friends, didn't you? Uh-oh. I said, I got some friends. Uh, I went through a church planting initiative that, that taught me strategy. but it didn't give you authority. And he goes, what do you think about Gateway doing that? I said, does Gateway do that? He goes, no. I go, what would that look like? He goes, I don't know, we've never done it. He calls me back a a, a month later and says, why don't you come and do a, a year internship, postpone your church plan? Now guys, I got 15 people moving here. We have a plan. It's already time. Jazz is on her way. It's happening. How do you stop everything now, the, 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 the little bit of prideful side of me, I, I've been in full-time ministry for over 15 years. I was a traveling evangelist for seven years. They paid me to come preach and fly all the world, put pictures on the fly and all of that stuff. And he's like, hey, do you wanna be an intern? No. No, I don't wanna be an intern. I have kids almost the age of your interns. I didn't hesitate. 
Watch, it wasn't about a stinking internship. He could have said, I want you to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. I would have said, when we going? He could have said, hey, I want you to scrub every toilet and gateway. I would have said, give me a toothbrush. Watch, I didn't care what he said. I didn't care what the parameters were. Watch, there was already a yes in my heart. Watch, I wasn't after the internship. I wasn't after a gateway's name. I wasn't after anything. Put this picture up on the screen. This is what I was after, just this. This is what I was after. Watch, because God said, get your head, his hand on your head. There's this beautiful moment. I came and, and, and came to the altar and Pastor Bob was preaching at Calvary. And I said, would you pray for me? Take that clock down. I don't need that. And Pastor Bob is a sweet man. He's older in years. And I said, hey, the Lord told me to get your blessing. And he's, you know, he blessed me. There's like a, a little 10 second. I was like, oh, cool, I, I, I did it. Fast forward four years later, he invited me over to his house. He's getting older in years. And he said, would you pray for me? I said, sure. So I got down and kneeled right next to him. I put my hand on him. I went to go pray. And then he grabbed my hand and he started praying. The first thing that went to my mind was he asked me to pray for him. And then he started praying, Lord, everything that you used me, use him. Everything you did in, in the city through me, do it through him. All of a sudden, I realized, whoa, this was the blessing he told me to get years ago. Watch, I'm telling you, church, listen, you can either go after influence or you can find authority. Listen, I promise you, that for everybody, it's not to go to Gateway and get Pastor Robert's blessing. Watch, it's different for everybody. There's not a, you do it this way, you do it this way. You Listen, it is whatever God tells you to do. It might be to an intercessor in this city. It might be to serve some old man in this city. It might be some grandma. I don't know what it is for where you are in your city, but I know that God knows, watch, how to unlock authority for you in your city. Hmm. There's three ways you can get a, a spiritual authority. Three ways I found. First is simple, just ask for it. You don't know Mark 11, 24, therefore I say unto you all things, whatever you pray, ask for and believe that you receive and you shall have them. Just ask for it. Number two, submit yourself. Serve authority. You all know the story of Matthew 8 with the centurion where he said, I am a man that submitted under authority or under authority. This is so important, especially for the young leaders in the room. If you're not under anyone, I promise you, you won't have spiritual authority. And your group of friends are not your spiritual authority. They're your group of friends. Authority is the power that you're under. What you serve, what you're in submission to, they go hand in hand. Make no mistake about it. I'm a man under authority. I'm submitted to my local elders and I'm submitted to our apostolic elders. Two of them are on the front row. Dr. Michael Brown will be here in a few weeks. And I say to him over and over and over, if you tell me no, I, will do it. I won't do it. Whatever you say, here's what I felt the Lord tell me, but I'm submitting it to you over and over and over. Over the last seven year journey, I have submitted what God says. Because here's the thing, well, you gotta be careful this trap that you get into is God speaks to you about a building, you walk around it and then all of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. So then I could go back to the elders and be like, hey, y'all, remember last time? Remember last time I said God moved? Y'all better be following because I'm leading this thing. You gotta be careful. See, submission, watch, keeps you safe. Submission keeps you protected. Submission keeps you under that pipeline of authority. Number three is fast for authority. Mark chapter nine you know the story, I'm reading the King James Version. The disciples couldn't cast out a demon and Jesus said, these kind only come out through prayer and fasting. Some of you have not received the authority that you're after because you haven't fasted for it yet. And I know it's not something that, that everyone gets really excited about fasting, but I promise you there's breakthrough in that fast. I promise you there's devils waiting to be casted out in that fast. Two years ago, my wife came to me and said, I'm gonna do a 40 day fast and I'm gonna fast for authority. And I feel like I'm supposed to gather all these women of the church and they're supposed to fast with me for 40 days for authority to cast out demons and devils. 
I'm like, go for it, girl. So they did this fast with a group of women in the church. I kid you not, every time Heather preaches, there's somebody, I am legion, we are men. And she's casting stuff. She just barely, she starts doing the announcements. Hey, we're so glad you're here today. There's many ways to connect with God. Come out. Casting witches out of the balcony. Like, what do you say? Like, mercy culture just got a bunch of women running around casting out devils. Yes, because you men didn't do your job. And religious, sir, she can preach circles around you too, just so you know. Some only come out by prayer and fasting. I'm telling you, I've seen this over and over and over. So I could summarize it by saying this, influential pastors drink and cuss. And those with spiritual authority fast and pray. I'm just helping for people that are trying to figure out the difference. Number three, how do you use authority? Spiritual authority is used by obeying the Holy Spirit. Exodus 7 is the story of Moses going before Pharaoh. And he goes before Pharaoh and the Lord tells him, I just want you to throw your staff down. You all know the story. And as he obeys the Lord with the specific assignments, he sees authority released. I want you to be careful with this right now. This is really important because I watched it doing my internship at Gateway. His people would come around Gateway and they're like, okay, what are the secrets of success? Oh, I got to give to Israel? Okay. What, do I, what percent? Is it half percent, full percent? What do I have to do? What are the little things that we could, okay, we need daily encounters? Great, we'll do those. What are the secrets so I can have what you have? And you got to be careful about being a leader that you're not trying to do what someone did to have what they had. But understand what, why did they do what they did? This is important you understand this. Because maybe God's not asking you to throw your staff down. Maybe he's telling you to repent to a family member. Maybe he's telling you to wash somebody's feet. Maybe he's telling you to give something away. He, he didn't go around, Moses didn't go around throwing down rods in every situation. Sometimes he spoke to rocks. Sometimes he hit the rocks. Sometimes he lifted the rod. There was different things that God had him do at different seasons. And what I don't want you to do is come to Mercy Culture Presence Driven Conference and try to throw down rods like we do. I want you to ask the Lord, what are you supposed to do for the situation you're in, for the city that you're in, for the church you lead? And watch, you will see the authority of God released when you obey. Someone say, obey. We see this again, John chapter two, verse five. His mother says, do whatever he tells you to do. He said, my time hasn't yet come. She said, just do what he tells you to do. Pastors, leaders, aspiring young leaders, do what the Lord tells you to do. It's always blown my mind. I've never understood until the Lord started speaking to me on the difference between influence and, and authority. It, I, I have never understood why so many influential pastors refuse to use their influence. Gay marriage is coming out. And they'll interview some of the most famous pastors in the world. What do you say, pastor? Why do you really think you should just read the Bible for yourself? No, 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 no. You don't tell them to read the Bible for themselves on Sunday. You tell them what the text says. So when it, watch, when it came to a sensitive subject, pastor, what does the Bible really say about abortion? Well, you know, we just need to be sensitive to 50 million babies being killed. What are we sensitive to? To the worship of Molech? What are we sensitive to? The fall of America, what are we sensitive to? You know how I many pastors I heard say, well, it's really not the time to celebrate that Roe was overturned. What are you talking about? Not only is it the time to celebrate, we're celebrating every year. We're gonna throw a party on every anniversary of 50 years of answered prayer where we see the God of Molech be casted down. 
What do you mean it's not time to celebrate? We haven't started celebrating yet. So why will so many with influence not use it? Because people don't want to use their influence when they got it by pleasing people instead of pleasing the Lord. So when you got your influence by pleasing and entertaining people, you will lose your influence if you don't stop pleasing and entertaining people. See, influence is gained by pleasing people and authority is gained by pleasing the Lord. Watch, leaders without authority can neverly, never properly steward influence. This is why so many struggle. And we have built our churches from the flesh because we didn't understand the difference between influence and authority. And I want to caution you because the definition of influence is sly or subtle. And we have slyly been deceived. We have slyly been distracted that leaders only need influence and that leaders do not need authority. But I came to tell you tonight, if you're going to lead a presence-driven church, you're going to have to have authority. See, influence is natural leadership, but authority is spiritual leadership. Influence is about you. Authority is about God. Influence is when you're attracting people. Authority is when you're attracting God. Influence is when you're ministering to the people. Authority is when God's ministering to the people. Influence is when you're popular. Authority is when you're pleasing the Lord. Influence is found in the public place. Authority is found in the secret place. Influence is when you're making moves. Authority is when God has already gone before you. Influence is when you're hustling and striving. Authority is when he leads you beside still waters. Influence is just a you want just a place in Pharaoh's house. Authority says, Pharaoh, let my people go. Influence is concerned about their 501c3 status. Authority is concerned about what's right in God's eyes. Influence affects social media. Authority affects laws and government authorities. Influence protects their reputation. Authority makes themselves of no reputation. Influence says, what's the path of least resistance? Authority says, if I I perish. I perish. Influence is when people know your name. Authority is when demons know your name. Influence shies away from spiritual warfare. Authority is when you declare away from me, Satan. Influence is more of you. Authority is more of him and less of you. Influence prioritizes social justice. Authority prioritizes heavenly justice. Influence can't cast out demons. Authority cast down demonics and forces in high places. Influence can be canceled and deplatformed. Authority unseats those principalities. You can either lead your church with the influence of the flesh, or you can lead your church with the authority of your spirit. Sit down, I'm not done yet. But someone can play. Let's go back to our story. Acts chapter 19. The book of Acts. The church is exploding. Miracles were breaking out. And they became normal. And the apostle Paul. Had spiritual authority. But the Jewish itinerant ministers or the professional ministers wanted his influence. These were the local pastors, the ministers. They wanted what Paul had. This is wild. They were influential, but they wanted Paul's authority. Acts 19.13, these influential ministers, watch this. They came to invoke the name of Jesus. You know what that word invoke means? It's the Greek word onomazu. It means to manifest a revelation of someone's character without authorization. 
Watch. They tried to pretend they had authority. You know the stories, pastors. The demons started talking back. Jesus, we know. That word no is the word intimacy. Jesus, we're familiar with. Paul, we've heard about. But who in the world are you? See, this is what happens when influential ministers try to cast out demons. Who is your church? You mean the fancy logo church? You mean the worship team that just mimics the spontaneous worship of everybody else on YouTube? You mean the church staff that really doesn't love God and really doesn't love each other and pretends they love the city? That, that church? Who are you? It says the demons jumped on them, stripped them naked and beat them. Hmm. This is what's happened to the church in America. This is why we closed down in COVID. This is why we shrink back. This is why we think that a big church is all of a sudden is some symbol for success. Church, I promise you the enemy doesn't care how big your church is as long as you stay in it. I promise you as long as you won't preach the truth, he doesn't care. But then all of a sudden, we're seeing demons arise in America. We're seeing Romans 1 before our very eyes. Good is now evil. Evil is now good. We got, we got law, uh, lawmakers with a debased mind standing in front of Congress refusing to give a definition of what a woman is. We have the leaders of the free world dancing in pride parades next to trans flags. As we're over here working on our branding. Do you realize how much the devil doesn't care about your brand? They're coming in with demons and we tell them, go get mental help. And we have to put everything on mental health because we don't have authority to cast out the demons. I felt the Lord speak to me and say, many have come tonight and you've been beat up by demonic forces. You've been rocked. Your faith has been rocked. Your staff has been rocked. Your marriage has been rocked. Your kids have been rocked. Because you've tried to lead through influence. You've tried to lead your ministry without spiritual authority. And that ends today. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Mercy Culture Church. If this podcast has blessed you, we'd like to encourage you to share it with a friend. To learn more about us, find us on social media and online at mercyculture.com. 